Welcome to Morning Soap. At Fusion Church, our desire is that every believer would not just attend church, but also hear from God daily through His Word. As we read the Bible, we begin to see how God responds to things. Doing daily devotions repatterns the way we think, transforms the spirit of our mind, and helps us become more like Jesus. Join us here, Monday through Friday, as various pastors and leaders at Fusion Church share devotion and teaching through that day's soap scripture. Download the current soap reading plan at fusionchurch.cc soap. How is everyone doing today? So nice to see everybody. Come on, it's Freedom Friday. So excited for tonight. For everyone serving at Freedom, thank you. I love you. For everyone going through Freedom, uh, we have been pray- fasting and praying for you. And we are believing for God to do something incredible this weekend. So come on, we are uh, amped up, ready to roll. We have all of the sweets, all of the all the salty snacks, in case you need absolutely anything through the freedom process. Well, we're so excited for tonight. Um, now, listen, we are going to be diving into Deuteronomy chapter 18. So uh, I was with you yesterday for Deuteronomy 17 where we talked about uh, forbidden worship, judicial ju- judicial practices. Whew, that's a hard word to say at 6 a.m. Uh, difficult cases and how to appoint a king and what to look for. So today we're going to look into uh, provisions for Levites, uh, occult practices, and prophetic revelation. So we have some great stuff to dive into. So I hope you're ready to receive as much as I'm ready to dive into this thing because it is, it's good. It's a good chapter, y'all. So I hope you're ready. Come on. Let's pray and let's get into this thing. Father, we thank you that we get to come to you today. And Holy Spirit, I just pray that you would open our hearts this morning so that we would receive from you. And God, I just pray that the text and words on the page would jump off at us today, that we would get a new understanding of your word and a new understanding of you. And we pray all this in your son's name. Amen. 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 Come on. I hope you are ready today. Uh, as always, I would love to see your thoughts in the chat on the side, what verses stand out to you. Um, this chapter could get a little confusing in different areas. Uh, so listen, if you actually have a question on something, don't be afraid to drop it in there. There's no stupid question. Uh, I'll do my best because as you know, I am all gas and no brakes. So I will do my absolute best <laughs> to peek at the side to see if there's any questions. Uh, but please do, like, feel free to drop it over there. would love to uh, dive into this with all of you. All right. So come on. Deuteronomy 18. I'm going to be reading from the Christian Standard Bible. It starts off. It says the Levitical priests, the whole tribe of Levi will have no portion or inheritance with Israel. They will eat the Lord's fire offerings. That is their inheritance. Although Levi has no inheritance among his brothers, the Lord is his inheritance as he promised him. This is the priest's share from the people who offer a sacrifice, whether it is an ox, a sheep, or a goat. The priests are to be given the shoulder, jaws, and stomach. (coughs) You are to give the first fruits of your grain, new wine, and fresh oil, and the first sheared wool of your flock. For the Lord your God has chosen him and his sons from all your tribes to stand and minister in his name from now on. When a Levite leaves one of your towns in Israel where he is staying and wants to go to the place the Lord chooses, 
he may serve in the name of the Lord his God, like all his fellow Levites who minister there in the presence of the Lord. They will eat equal portions besides what he has uh, received from the sale of the family estate. When you enter the land the Lord your God is giving you, do not imitate the detestable customs of those nations. No one among you is to sacrifice his son or daughter in the fire, practice divination, tell fortunes, interpret omens, practice sorcery, cast spells, consult a medium or spiritualist, or inquire of the dead. Everyone who does these things, uh, does these acts, is detestable to the Lord. And the Lord your God is driving out the nations because of these detestable acts. You must be blameless before the Lord your God. Though these nations you are about to drive out listen to fortune tellers and diviners, the Lord your God has not permitted you to do this. The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among your brothers. You must listen to him. This is what you requested from the Lord your God at Horeb on the day of the assembly when you said, Let us not continue to hear the voice of the Lord our God or see this great fire any longer so that we will not die. Then the Lord said to me, they have spoken well. I will raise up for them a prophet like you from among their brothers. I will put my words in his mouth, and he will tell them everything I command him. I will hold accountable whoever does not listen to my words that he speaks in my name. But the prophet who presumes to speak a message in my name that I have not commanded him to speak, or who speaks in the name of other gods, that prophet must die. You say to yourself, how can we recognize a message the Lord has not spoken? When a prophet speaks in the Lord's name and the message does not come true or is not fulfilled, that is a message the Lord has not spoken. The prophet has spoken it presumptuously. Do not be afraid of him. All right, come on. What a good chapter. Nice and meaty. There's some good stuff in there. So first thing I want to take a look at is verse one, the Levitical priests. So I uh, kind of want to just give some like context and biblical understanding to what the Levitical priests are. So this is the tribe of Levi and why <coughs> God was sharing that they will have no share in the inheritance of land. So, you know, I, it was funny. I was first reading this and I was thinking, wow, you know, I, <laughs> here here's honesty moment right so i'm going through this i was like man, if i was in the tribe of levi i'd want to have a conversation with god like lord could i at least have a backyard <laughs> like a little something to walk the dog in <laughs> like and I, and listen uh, church i'm a simple guy i really don't need much like it takes very little to please me <laughs> um, like i was reading this i was like dang if i was in the tribe of levi i would kind of feel cheated <laughs> like and i don't know like you know maybe i'm just showing like my human carnal side right now but i would be sitting there saying okay so you mean to tell me you're gonna drive out the whole land of canaan like not so, like you know, all of the land of canaan and everyone gets pieces of the land and you have pre-decided all the land everyone's getting you know it's equal it suits people right you know you figured it out god and then inside of all the land you're giving them like I can't, ha I can't have a backyard. <laughs> like I, I got, I got to stay in the bunk beds with the other Levites. <laughs> you know, I get the tent on temple property. And I was like, man, God, like what's up? <laughs> you know, uh, I kind of felt for the Levites. 
And as I was reading this, you know, I, I'm so grateful that God has a sense of humor and, you know, God doesn't smite us for questions. You know, God doesn't uh, come after us, you know, and it's like, you know, how dare you even have a carnal mindset, you know, starts beating us on the nose with a newspaper. <laughs> um, uh, but that's right, Nicole, uh, no yard, no mowing duties. That's very true. I mean, it was more like a desert, but I, you know, <laughs> excuse the analogy. <laughs> um, but uh as I was reading that, I just felt like the Lord just spoke so clearly. He was like, yeah, uh, you know, they had to make a choice in their day. Did they want possession or did they want presence? And for them, it was such a clear line in the sand. Forgive my analogy uh, or metaphor. You know, it's such a clear line in the sand for them because verse two, it says, although Levi has no inheritance among his brothers, which by the way, that inheritance, what he's talking about is the land itself. Uh, he goes on, he says, the Lord is his inheritance. He's like, I gave you the best promise of all myself. And I think that's kind of a shift in mindset. And, you know, maybe you're with me today. And that is a change in mindset of how we think in general, because, uh, you know, there and this is total transparency, right? There are some days where I am more excited to buy something at the store than necessarily uh, I am to sit at 5am in my quiet time. Right. And sometimes I'm more excited about a possession than necessarily the promise of presence, you know, and I think it's such a good heart check for ourselves saying, hey, what really drives me, you know, what gets me excited? Uh, because right here, God was giving them the best promise they could ever receive. It was himself. And I think the beauty of the promise of his presence is so powerful. And in their context, right, the presence of God was on the ark of God, right? It was all around <clears throat> excuse me, sorry, battling allergies this morning, church. So it was all around the Ark of the Covenant. And this represented so much of the nature of God and how God was going to function. Uh, and then his presence, for the most part, was there, right? That was the physical representation of God's presence. But then, right, years, thousands of years later, the presence of God would be unleashed through the tearing of the veil from the Ark of the Covenant out to all the people where the Holy Spirit would dwell inside of Christ's followers today. And he would say, the promise of the presence is not bound to a place, but bound to my people, which I think is so powerful, you know? So hear me, the promise of his presence goes so far beyond not having the backyard. Come on, somebody. <laughs> it goes so far beyond not having to take care of your sand and make sure there's no pebbles in it in the front yard, right? The promise of his presence is so pure that he is with us each and every day, and he never leaves us. You know, I'm in the middle of doing this devotional, uh, and it has been absolutely changing my life, um, that just rewiring the way I think. And um, uh, <clears throat> the author, as he was writing a passage about two days ago, he was speaking about how he believes that prayer, uh, his definition of prayer is just different than ours, right? But prayer is the awareness of God's presence at all times. And he said, that is how I pray unceasingly, because I'm aware that God is with me 24-7. And I thought, you know, that's a different way of looking at prayer, but it's a great way of looking at prayer. Because, you know, because I don't know about you, I'm, I'm the one I could walk through Target, walk through Walmart. And as I'm walking down, I'll shoot up like, right, hey, God, what's up? <laughs> like, thank you, I get the shop here. <laughs> You know, throw something in the car. Appreciate it. You gave me a job so I could have this. Thanks. And, you know, just, you know, conversation. But then I thought, you know, there are so many times when I could sit next to my wife, not say a word, but yet I'm enjoying her presence. 
right? And he's relating that even inside of prayer, right? Uh, enjoying the promise of presence comes all the way down to not even just speaking, but even comes into just being there, right? No words need to be said, just sitting inside of that presence. Uh, I shared, uh, so I was leading a young adults group this past semester. Come on, we, that, our young adults group was incredible. Um, and uh, through the semester, you know, I was kind of like unpacking prayer. And one day at night, we we're talking about presence. And this metaphor just came to me, right? Uh, just about like the presence of God and being still and not having to speak. So, you know, there are some nights, obviously, that, you know, all of us do. We work late nights you know, and uh, there's probably about maybe one or two nights a week that I end up working a late night. And Shannon, my wife is at home. And for me, listen, one of my favorite things to do is be around my wife. No joke. Like, if if I have a choice as to what I want to do with my day, uh, and we had plans, I love you, I'm probably gonna cancel our plans. And I'm gonna hang on my wife. <laughs> I should, I should, it's just what I like to do. You know, like I married my best friend. <laughs> uh, but something that we do, especially like, you know, late night, driving home, uh, whether it's her or myself, we hop on the phone and uh, I put it on speaker and I just kind of set it in my truck and we'll just talk. And we'll talk for the first five minutes of the drive. And usually we're both too tired to keep a conversation going. And we just leave it there on silent. And we just sit. And there's just something knowing or being aware that she's on the other end that brings me so much comfort, right? That brings me so much joy knowing that the one I love so much is right there and that the promise, the covenant of marriage is right there, right? Well, guess what? Bride of Christ, right? Bride of Christ. Prayer is the same thing. On the other end of the line is our God. And he would just love to sit there in silence with us, to sit there and say, hey, here's the promise of my presence. And I'm not going anywhere, right? To sit there and say, Lord, I can literally pick up the phone, pick up communication wherever I'm at. I don't have to always, you know, uh, prime the devotional time with, you know, the cup of tea or maybe your coffee drinker with 18 highlighters. Uh, <laughs> in case you're, listen, I highlight. <laughs> no hate, Nicole. 18 highlighters, right? 22 journals, right? <clears throat> and mind you, I'm sitting here with my journal, uh, right? The whole idea is that the presence of God is accessible anytime, anywhere, and what he wants to teach us, even today, church, even as you're listening right now on a podcast or you're with us here on Zoom, uh, wants to teach us that uh, awareness of God's presence is one of those beautiful gifts that we can have. The awareness that he's with us all the time, the awareness that his presence tore a veil open so that we could have access to it 24 hours a day. So the Levitical priests to circle back to Deuteronomy 18, because it seems like I always spend, I always treat my soap times like sermons because I like I'm, I'm a natural preacher. So it's like my first point takes 10 to 15 minutes. So forgive me. <laughs> and then we will, we will speed through the rest. <laughs> um, but the circle back, the Levitical priests were the ones that would minister in God's presence. They had this beautiful beauty. And God didn't want them tainted by the things of the world in the same way yesterday that we talked about the king that would be appointed over Israel. God didn't want him tainted by the world, right? He wanted his priests, the people that would minister to him and lead the nation of Israel in ministering to God, right? Wanted them to be pure. Just as, uh, you know, Doug dropped in the chat, like to be blameless before the Lord, your God. Right. And I just want to talk about four quick tasks that the Levitical priests would take care of. 
and number one Levitical priests would teach people about God. One of the most beautiful privileges they would have is just to teach people about who is the Lord, right? Uh, Moses spoke about, I believe, Exodus 32 or 33. Uh, he said, God, please teach me your ways. Teach, like, te teach me all about you. Like, I just don't even want to know, like, what you do, right? Like, all right, I don't want to know about, like, what books you enjoy. Like, no, I want to know, like, hey, what motivates you? You know, what's, what's the why's behind your what's God, you know, what, how, when I sit down, I would love to hear the tone in your voice, you know, not just the words, the print on the page, God, I, I want to teach people about you, but I have to know you to teach about you, right? Number two, they had to set an example of godly living. So my life has to look like the thing that I'm speaking about, right? Number three, uh, they would care for the sanctuary or the temple and its workers, right? And then number four, they would work on distributing the offerings, so what happens when, right, all the offerings come in, when the money comes in, like, what are we doing with it, right? Uh, I'm saying all this, does it sound familiar a little bit, perhaps, um, right? The Levitical priests in so many ways are the pastors of today. You know, those four tasks are right on the, like, right on the radar of pastors today, right? Teach about God, set an example through life. Like, listen, we're very far from perfect, but the goal is to try and set an example best we can. Caring for the sanctuary, the church. And the people who serve inside of that church and distributing the offerings, right? Okay, Lord, like where is like your resources going? You know, God, how can we lead people to you? You know, and I think it's so uh, funny how God makes a system and the system works, right? Like that's like when I was reading this, I was like, man, God designed something that's such a great design that he decided to use it in his New Testament church. Like that's remarkable to me that God knew thousands of years ago when he said, I still want people to know about me. So instead of priests, like we had back then today, I'm going to raise up ministers and these ministers, their goal is to make more ministers. And that is the church to equip the church for works of service. Right. But to go ahead so we can evangelize the world, show people the love of Jesus so that everyone may know this message of hope in this name of hope, which is Jesus. So these are Levitical priests. Uh, let's jump to verse i'm going to go into let's say verse nine there we go uh so it says <clears throat> when you enter the land the lord your god is giving you do not imitate the detestable customs of those nations all right god <laughs> uh, yes lord <laughs> right no one among you is to sacrifice his son or daughter in the fire i hope they wouldn't right <laughs> i i read that verse i was like oh my goodness i really hope not uh, it goes on, practice divination, tell fortunes, interpret omens, practice sorcery, cast spells, consult a medium or a spiritualist, inquire the dead. I read that the first time. I was like, all right, let me just take a deep breath. Let me reread it because I feel like I just read that it just said setting people on fire. And I, like I had to jump back, right? But God is telling the Israelites this because people were doing it, Right. Like, that's the crazy part to me. It says, listen, when God was like trying to talk about, all right, guys, listen, listen, you're about to go somewhere and see some things you've never seen before. Okay. Some of it might interest some of you. I've been like, God, what, what, what do you mean? <laughs> right. Some of it may like spark something inside you. Y'all, they're, they're throwing kids in the fire. Don't do it. Right. Practice divination. Don't do it. Fortune telling. Don't do it omens sorcery spells medium spiritualists inquiring the dead necromancy don't do it right he goes through this crazy list and he says everyone who does these acts is detestable to god he's like this is why i'm driving them out of the land by the way 
don't take part of the things or the reason as to why I'm pushing them out of this land. Be blameless before me. And <clears throat> he says, though these nations are about to drive out, listen uh, to fortune tellers, diviners, the Lord your God has not permitted you to do this. Why? Because God didn't want us living off of uh, uh, like the counterfeit when God wants us to live off of the real. So something important to know about this, uh, I'm going to break this down to three categories this morning. Um, and these things are very real inside of our lives today. Like these things aren't done, you know, uh, as far as right category number one, we're just going to talk about divination. Number two, we're going to talk about magic. And then number three, we're going to talk about spiritism. So number one, divination uh, is still around today. Like it didn't just stop in the land of Canaan. Um, very unfortunately, uh, this is alive today through horoscopes, uh, astrology. Um, these are ancient practices that we still see around us today, you know, and uh, what's so funny is, and here is the exact reason why uh, God gave like the why behind the what, where he said, hey, uh, please don't die. Or not even please, sorry. Uh, hey, I haven't commanded you to dive into this. I've commanded you to look to me. And hear me. And if you're involved in astrology, like, listen, there's grace, there's mercy. Like, you know, I'm really not here to throw shame on anybody. It's not, it's not a part of my MO. Uh, but in the same like sentence, I, I give warnings avidly. Um, there is a real and a counterfeit. So a counterfeit comes from the enemy, the enemy of your soul, who, as John 10, 10 says, wants to kill, steal and destroy and he is so against us, right, that he wants to use things to drive interest that have some form of power to get us involved in it, right? Um, uh, as far as something like a horoscope goes or looking to the stars goes, um, God will tell you everything you need to know about you. A star will not. And I, I you know, as I'm saying that, like, it, it's like, you know, I know it's almost like a common sense statement, but it's like inside of this book here the very words of god he will share with you everything you need to know he didn't hide it from you he's he's not like hey you know i put the book in a building on the fourth street in the town of maze like you know like he makes it so accessible to each and every one of us because there is a again there's a real and there's a fake you know but there's always hear me please please hear me this morning there is always a little bit of truth to a lie like that's what makes the lie believable. When when the serpent went to Eve in the garden, Genesis three, right? Uh, he wasn't he wasn't really totally lying to her. He looked at her and said, "When you eat this, you'll become like God." He was right, <laughs> right? You will know uh, good and evil. They had a sense of evil in a moment, and shame came in, and they covered themselves with fig leaves. He was right. He was like, there was a little bit of truth to lie. That's why lies can be so believable because there is a little bit of truth to them, you know? So right here, and especially in divination in horoscopes, uh, uh, right? Interpreting omens, you know, astrology, all the, all the stuff. <coughs> There's a little bit of vague truth inside of them to help get us into them, right? To get wrapped up inside of the lie. However, hear me, when God wants you to know about you, wants you to know about something, seek God not the stars, right? I'm going to seek the sun, not the stars he created. 
they were made to govern the seasons, right? To write the sun and the moon, to govern day and govern night, right? God made them for a purpose and the purpose was not to interpret your destiny. So that's number one, divination. Number two, magic, the fun stuff. <laughs> uh, and what we're talking about is not pulling a rabbit out of a hat. You know, if if you like to have fun <laughs> pulling rabbits out of hats, I'm not here to be a party pooper. You go ahead and you go ahead and have a blast. <laughs> you know, <clears throat> I think sometimes we can get so like wrapped up in the little things that you know we kind of kill fun. You know, let's not kill fun. We don't want to uh, get so holy that fun is no longer part of our lives. Right? The joy of the Lord is our strength. Joy is a third of the Holy Spirit inside of the kingdom of God, right? Righteous, peace, and joy. So uh, second category, number two, is magic. So this is sorcery. This is spells. Um, don't confuse it with illusion, right? Moses was talking about straight up witchcraft. This was accessing a spiritual realm, right? This was accessing something that was around them. Uh, if you remember Moses and uh, the magician's of pharaoh sorry i'm trying to mute my phone and the magicians of pharaoh when he confronted him right he had the staff threw it on the ground turned into a snake and then the magicians did the same exact thing you know they were accessing uh uh a form of magic sorcery or spells to go ahead and engage in something that was supernatural right category number two category number three spiritism so right here, this is consulting mediums, uh, Ouija boards, kind of things inside of that like category. Uh, hear me. If you are engaged in those, my my like big warning to you is like, don't, you know, like don't, 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 don't. Like I'm waving the, the red flag for you today. Uh, again, all of these things and the reason why people engage in them is usually curiosity. You know, like the first step is always curiosity. And there is a general curiosity inside of people for things beyond the natural world and realm that we live in. You know, this is why I love sharing the message of Jesus, because people have a natural curiosity into a spiritual realm. You know what I mean? Because so many people today even will say, I'm spiritual, but I don't believe in Jesus. I don't believe in God, but I'm spiritual. You know, yeah, I mean, I, I believe in the Holy Spirit. I don't know what spirit you may be entertaining, but I like the Holy Spirit for sure. You know, but these three things uh, we can get ourselves wrapped up in uh, very, very, very easily if we're not kind of aware, right? Because we know that God wants us to look to Him, not look to worldly practices to get to know things or information that He has not even designed for us to know, right? So I think these three are kind of like big ones. Uh, I'll share a quick story for you and then we'll kind of jump to the final point. Um, I lived. So before I lived down here with uh, all of our wonderful people from Fusion Church, love you guys, uh, I was in Williamstown and I was pastoring a church up there and I was living in a, and I really do, a gigantic mother-in-law suite. The thing was insane. Uh, it was a house attached to a house, but they classified it as a mother-in-law suite. Thing was gigantic. Um, so I was attached though to my landlord's house. It was the best. My landlord was awesome. Uh, anytime I needed something like him and I would cook dinner. And if we liked what we cooked, we both loved the barbecue, smoked meat and all that. If we liked it, we'd bring each other some. So, uh, y'all randomly throughout the day and night, I would just get like a, and he would have ribs on a plate. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> right. Like bless God, <laughs> you have taken care of your servant yet again, Lord. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, I love the thumbs up. There we go. My people. <laughs> and I know who's invited to the barbecue. So, uh, 
the one day I'm sitting in my house and I used to do my devotional time. So like for me, I would go in office at nine o'clock. So from 6 a.m. to 8.30 a.m., I would just spend those two and a half hours just in the presence of the Lord. Uh, I would do my devotions. I would journal. I would do some message prep. And then, you know, I'd be in at 9 a.m. Uh, but during those two and a half hours, the one day, the Lord was just speaking so clearly to me. And he shared with me a message about my landlord's daughter. And I was like, dang, okay, like, I have to go share this, right? What the Bible calls a prophetic word right? That's, that's what that is. Like I heard from God and God wants to share something, you know? So I thought, Hey, I'm going to go share it with him. He's not a Christ follower and I want him to follow Jesus. And there's power inside of God's voice. So I run over, he used to sit in uh, his garage, his attached garage to the house. I, I mean, 24 hours, the guy basically went in to eat dinner and go to sleep. So I run over to his man cave and you know I'm banging on the, the outside. He opens it up. It's like, bro, I got to tell you something. You know, I know, you know, you're not a big fan of like God, Jesus or all that kind of stuff. But listen, uh, you know, I am. And I was in prayer and then God shared this with me. And he was telling me something about your daughter. And I just want to let you know, like X, Y and Z. I don't want to put his business on blast, but X, Y and Z. And he looks at me with the most like shocked face. I, I mean, like he was just overwhelmed, shocked. <clears throat> and he said, my daughter's on the phone right now. And he points to one of those uh, old uh, phones on the wall, right? Uh, he was he did not believe in having a cell phone. His his phone was sitting right on the wall. I was like, my man, go ahead. And he's like, she's on the phone right now telling me the exact thing I was telling him. How crazy is that, right? Like that God works like that. And <coughs> I was like, come on, praise God. And he goes, yeah, what are you, a psychic? And then I realized, and like, I paused for a second and I said, wow, the enemy has a counterfeit to the prophetic, right? The enemy has a counterfeit to the prophetic. It's called a psychic. And this is, and I thought this is when, by the way, for me personally, this is when Deuteronomy 18 became alive because I realized, hey, we're still engaged in the land that we live in, still engaged in the same practices that the Canaanites were engaged in right? As a nation, as people. And I looked at him and I just started sharing, Hey man, listen, you know, I do believe that there, uh, let's say, um, are those who are gifted out there. Right. But I don't believe her gifting comes from a great place sometimes, you know? So I want to share with you, man, listen, Jesus has words for us, but it's from Jesus that we want it. It's called a prophetic word. It's God's voice. We really don't want a voice from another source, right? We want a voice from the source of our God. And he actually received it really well. You know, from that point forward, if God ever said anything to me about him or to him and I went and shared, he's like, oh, you got, that's that prophetic thing, right? <laughs> he was an awesome guy. I loved him. But, uh, right, but here's the reality for us. And I think this is just like, you know, I don't want to uh, like look at the world and say, oh, how dare the world, you know? No, this is like, let's just have some awareness, you know, so we can help lead people in truth, right? And lead people to the truth ultimately, right? So uh, with that to transition to, there are standards that God laid out in verses 15 through 22 about the prophetic, right? A prophet, a word a prophet speaks because it says the Lord your God will raise up for you, a prophet like me from among your own brothers, uh, <laughs> you must listen to him. So it's important to know um, that there's a reference given here. So Stephen, I believe it's Acts chapter seven, Stephen, 
uh, is giving a case for Christ, right? Unfortunately, he's, uh, you know, he's in his, he's about to die. I don't know how else to say. I'm trying to like package it. Stephen's about to die. And uh, he's giving a, like a message for Jesus. He's sharing the last apologetic message for him. And uh, he says, Lord, God will raise up for you a prophet from me from among your own brothers. And he was saying, hey, that prophet, by the way, was Jesus, the guy that you killed and crucified, right? So we can view this, okay, God is raising up prophets all throughout the Old Testament, but God also raised up a prophet named Jesus, right, to share the beautiful message that God has to say to us, that we would know there is a father in heaven that loves us, that he would come down and not only share the message of God, but the heart of God, right, through the power that God would give him. You know, he showed through the compassion in healing. He showed in the compassion through feeding the poor. He showed in the compassion through loving widows, right? Fathering orphans. He was showing who his father was in heaven because a prophet communicates not only the message of God, but the heart of God, right? Now it goes through and it shares a standard here. <clears throat> and I want to share this, like even going into like, you know, for some of us in freedom and all the good stuff to kind of just share like, the realities of, you know, how we should wrap our head around when we receive a message that someone is claiming to speak in God's name, right? 22, verse 22, when a prophet speaks in the Lord's name and the message does not come true or is not fulfilled, that message the Lord has, uh, excuse me, wow, butchered that. That is a message the Lord has not spoken. The prophet has spoken it presumptuously. Do not be afraid of him. You know, I think this is the important, and I just kind of want to share with like everyone, as we close here today, you know, God still speaks today. I I do not believe that God was in heaven speaking to people all throughout the Old Testament for thousands of years. And then one day just decided, all right, I'm done. <laughs> like, I, I, I don't believe he changed, changed his nature like that. You know, I just believe he kind of stays who he is. Uh, now he speaks to us through his Holy Spirit. He speaks to us through his written word. Right. Uh, and perhaps, you know, you have received a message from God before to share with someone else, you know, kind of like I just did with you. You know, I was sharing with you, hey, uh, I had this message from my landlord, this word, this prophetic word that God gave me for him. Right. It wasn't a foretelling word about the future, but it was a fourth F-O-R-T-H telling word about his here and now uh, that was about his current reality. And perhaps, you know, you get a message like that, or God speaks to you in that way. Uh, I want to encourage you, like, you know, and especially when you are receiving a message to uh, hold that word right next to this bad boy right here. Make sure that it lines up with everything that's said in here. I want to tell you, if you ever get a uh, prophetic word or, a, you know, a message from God from someone that goes against scripture, I'm just going to let you know, first and foremost, listen, it is not. You know, like, like that's, it, it was, it was a person probably with good intention, you know, more often than not, it's good intention saying, Hey, uh, uh, I want to share something with you, but like, it's, it's, I, I want to, please just hear me. I'm trying to like be nice about it, but like, it's probably not from the Lord. It's probably presumptuous, you know, but we want to love people on the in-between, right? I always just like to say, like, let it roll, <laughs> like, just let it roll off. <laughs> there are, there are some words and like, this is kind of the pressure, you know, and it's out of love you know, and I'm sure the other pastors on staff could attest to this. Uh, you know, a lot of people sometimes have a word or message from God or prophetic word for a pastor, you know, and whatever that message is, you know, it's encouraging. It's this, it's that. Um, and it's almost like this, oh, I want to encourage the pastor, you know, and they feel pressured to go ahead and like, well, God is saying, and like, God isn't saying at all. Like the Lord is not thus saying whatsoever. 
And, but we still love them, right? I just kind of say, thanks, man. Like, I appreciate it. You know, your encouraging words are so kind. You know, I usually just kind of bring it down to reality because they are just trying to be encouraging, right? So that's the heart. However, don't tack God to something uh, that he doesn't need to be tacked to, if that makes sense. Like, don't attach him to it when he doesn't need to be attached. So because uh, if you are thus saying when the Lord isn't thus saying, it can mess some people up at times. So I'm just kind of giving like a practical, really short, short, short teaching uh, on like, hey, you get a message from God, uh, walk very carefully. You know, God is choosing to give you a message for someone that's so kind, like, and, and right, the prophetic we know is edifying, uh, uh, exhorting and uh, consultation, right? So like it falls inside of these lanes and the idea is to build someone up, but always test it according to the word, hold it next to the Bible. And then on top of it, uh, if it's a foretelling word about the future, if it never comes true, listen, at that point, you know, I, I'm I'm going to put this one on the side. If you hear what I'm saying, you know, I, I, I might put this one a little bit over here. So God gives these outlines all the way back into Deuteronomy 18 as to what it looks like. And I want to circle it all the way back with this. What is saying in the beginning? Uh, God will raise up a prophet for, uh, for you from your own brothers. Uh, the prophet of Jesus right? Our ultimate prophet, our ultimate king, our ultimate messiah, our ultimate apostle, ultimate pastor, right? When he speaks a word over us, we know it will always come true. So while I love that God gives us the gift of uh, prophecy amongst the church, uh, prophetic gifts, uh, ultimately, we want the voice of God speaking to us all the time, right? We want to tune in, we want to press in, get on the frequency that God is speaking to us so that we could hear from him directly. You know, and I love, listen, hear me. There's nothing wrong with the prophetic gift. Like, honestly, like if there's a gift, like my wife is prophetically gifted, like wildly, you know, some of the stuff it's like, she'll come to me and be like, listen, blank, 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 blank. <laughs> and I'll be like, all right. And I just kind of write it down. And I watch it. Like literally she gets like three-step plans and like, that three-step plan happens exactly how she says it. it's insane. <laughs> However, uh, we want to hear from our ultimate prophet, our great prophet, Jesus himself, more than anything. Can I get an amen from somebody? So listen, number one, Levitical priests, they need backyards. <laughs> no, uh, Levitical priests uh, uh, prioritize presence over possession, right? Uh, number two, uh, be weary, right? Keep your eyes open about, let's say, the schemes of the enemy, right? Just like uh, we talked about yesterday, just very, very briefly, uh, Cain had sin crouching at his doorstep waiting to overcome him. Uh, there are occult practices even inside of our world today that want to overcome us. So just be aware, church. And then number three, the beauty that God speaks through people. Uh, but at the same time, we definitely want regulations or barriers in when God speaks through people. So come on, let's dive in. Let's pray together because we have some of us going through freedom, some of us serving at freedom. And uh, I just want to bless all of you today as we're diving into a next season. So come on, Lord. Thank you for each and every person that is here today. Uh, Father, I'm just so grateful uh, that we get your word, that we have solid principles uh, from your word, and you want to speak to each and every one of us. So, Lord, we just welcome your voice to us today. Uh, God, we know you have the power to speak to us directly, uh, but we also know you do speak to other Christ followers. So, Lord, we just want to be so open to your voice today, so open to you. And, Lord... Uh, I just pray that you would bless each and every person listening to this, 
God, give them your presence today. Uh, Give them an increased awareness of you, whether they're sitting at the desk doing office work, whether they're driving uh, their cars, whether they're taking care of the kids, cooking breakfast, cooking dinner, or even if they're serving at Freedom Tonight or going through Freedom Tonight, that God, there would be this increased awareness that you are with us and you are in the room. So we thank you for all this and we ask in your son Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen, amen, amen. All right, love you all. Have a fantastic Friday.